Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's something we forgot to mention while we recorded this new episode because we're a bit thick. Um, we're going to be doing a live Time Machine podcast at the London Podcast Festival in King's Place, King's Cross. And that's going to be on Friday, 7th of September at 7pm. And we're going to be covering a classic piece of football-related literature. That's all we can see at this point. Uh, but come along, see us in the flesh, and it'll just be such a good laugh. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine and we are back after our World Cup flavoured break. I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. And uh, in this episode we're going to look back at the season that was 1998-1999 in the Premier League because Mm. that's our heritage and our roots. Yeah, back to the Prem. Let's yeah. keep it real. That World Cup stuff is just fancy nonsense, we isn't got, it? Our, we got our heads turned a little bit by it, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we it was like having an affair with an exotic woman. Yeah, uh, talk but, of mascots and, and foreign climbs. But you and, forget that it's your wife who cooks you dinner and cuddles yeah. you when you're down. Well, <laughs> yeah, it it's still bread and butter. Depends on your stuff, wife, stuff, isn't it? Nineteen ninety-eight, nineteen ninety-nine. I've cobbled together some notes, Sam. We'll not see a, where not a very memorable season in my mind, but maybe you it, say that is this but, the, is this the season, or do you not want me to do any spoilers? Well, well who gives a fuck? Everyone yeah. knows what it's right. the, the Manchester United season. Treble United season. The treble. Yeah, it's an extremely memorable yeah. season. What are you talking about, Delaney? Well, yeah, but the thing is, two thirds of that treble are non Premier League, so we're not going to be able to talk about them. Oh, we're contractually fuck. contractually unable to speak. Yeah, you because know, like, we haven't licensed we haven't the Champions got the League. In fact, even by saying Champions League, we could be in trouble. There'll be a bill coming in already because of mm. that, yeah. Uh, let's go back to the beginning of the season, 98-99 then. And chaos at Anfield as Gerald Houllier. Gerald Houllier, is that his name? Gerard Houllier, wasn't it? Yeah. We'll call him Gerald. I know a bloke called Gerald. Do you? Um, a guy called Gerald? I know a guy. I genuinely know a guy called Gerald. He's a good bloke. and But he lives near me. And whenever I see him, I know now, talking to you, his name's definitely Gerald. Right. But if I see him when he's walking down the street near me, I always think, fuck, fuck, is it Gerard or Gerald? Is it Gerard or Gerald? Yeah. And I always have to do that, all right, mate? Do you know, call him Ger or G? G-man. G-man. g <laughs> So Gerald Hillier joined Roy Evans as Liverpool's co-manager, but what he did was he Rust. just kind of snuck in from the sidelines yeah, didn't he really it was stupid. going tits up for Evans but because he was part of the boot room at Liverpool that tradition they, they didn't want to sack him. him and if you look at Evans he's got sad eyes yeah, we've talked about other people with sad eyes well, I think Brian Robson we yeah. said had sad eyes but he looks sad eyes and a bit hangdog I don't think he ever wanted the job he wasn't quite good enough to be able do you, to do, do it do you know who he looks like he looks like you know, um, a cartoon character by um, the, who's that funny cartoonist who does the drunk bakers in Viz 
Barney. Uh, Barney Farmer and Lee Healy. Yeah. Barney writes the script and Lee does the drawings. Okay, well, he yeah. looks like Lee Heaney's <laughs> illustration of The Widower, which was a cartoon about a widower that used to be in Maxim <laughs> magazine. Just like a yeah. sad hangdog kind of a character. The kind of character that would be cuckolded, which he effectively was by, by Liverpool. By Liverpool and like, Gerald you know, If his wife said, this is my personal trainer, yeah. Scott, he's moving in with us. Yeah. And he'd go, oh, why? And he's going, because he's decided it's best for me if he's really actually fit. here in the house. Uh, if not, I can't really reach the personal goals that I've set out myself. <laughs> and he'd go, oh, I suppose that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, he's actually going to... And it would also be easier so we can get started really early in the morning if yeah. you move into the spare room and Scott sleeps in our room with me. Good idea. Roy yeah. Evans would be like, oh, yeah, you're, you're probably it's right. for the best, isn't it's it? It's probably yeah. for the best, yeah. But they did the press conference stuff and everything, unveiling them, and Roy Evans was like, yeah, I'm very happy with this new arrangement. I think this is fantastic <laughs> for the club. This is just what we need. Um, <laughs> just two heads are better than one and all that. Oh, God. And Gerald is like, I am here to do a job. <laughs> Mr. Evans oh. will not be here by Christmas. Yeah. Au revoir, Mr. Monsieur Evans. I, I saw an interview where he he, he said something like, um, the, "What do the players think of this, Gerald?" And he was like, yeah. "I think they are happy. the The players call me boss, and they call Roy Gaffer. It is all good. Oh, it Jesus! Was not good. That's not good. It was not good." So that that happened. Yeah, that was clum. It was clumsy by the Anfield hierarchy. I think we all saw through what it really was. It was constructive dismissal. Yeah, wasn't and, it? But I don't think he sued him, though. Nice guy, Roy Evans, though, wasn't he? Well, I mean, you don't have to be not nice to sue someone for constructive dismissal. I say do it. I've never done it. Maybe it's one or two incidents I can think of where I should have done yeah. it. Yeah, well, you, you should have. I've never done it either, but I can't wait to. The you, first opportunity I'm oh, given. Oh, listen to you. I've never been constructively dismissed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you snooty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been sacked. It's been straight I, down the line. I've just been and I bloody, fucking deserved it. Yeah, honestly sacked. Yeah. They looked me in the eye and said, fuck off, you're useless. <laughs> I took a shit in the car park. That's why they sacked me. No fucking black or white about it. So that happened at Liverpool. The other big story at the start of the season, uh, Nottingham Forest, Pierre van Hoydonk chose not to go back to Nottingham Forest after the summer break. He didn't get sold to another club. Mm. Um, he just didn't bother going back. He'd scored 34 goals a season before. And he just said, ah, fuck this. I do not fancy this no more. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> so uh, he went on strike. And Dave mm. Bassett was the manager at Forest oh, at the time. Blimey. You know, if you're going to go on strike against anybody, you wouldn't do it against Dave not Bassett. Not against Bassett, you? no. You've got to have some fucking nuts to do that. So, uh, yeah, Forest ploughed into the season without Van Hoydonk. It was their main supply of goals. Um, and Dave Bassett just had a lump in, I think. I once uh, appeared on a television programme with Dave Bassett when, I think it was when, who was that company who briefly owned Premier Rights before ESPN, they were Irish? Satanta. Satanta Sports, So I was on some yeah. sort of Satanta Sports Sunday night discussion show. Why on earth they would have let me become involved in that alongside people who were very experienced in the game? Yeah. And then I remember, like, Dave Bassett was sort of a nice guy, seemed nice enough, and we're chatting about Chelsea taking on Barcelona in, in the Champions League quarterfinal, semifinal, whatever. And it's just light-hearted sitting around in the green room chat. And he went, let me tell you something. And Chelsea and Barcelona were very good. I think it was pre-Gardiola, it was Rijkaard, <laughs> but they were still like, no one gave Chelsea a prayer. Let me tell you, Chelsea are going to win that, no problem. Games are won 
on set pieces. He still had very much that Wimbledon yeah. mentality. And I'm thinking, fuck me, I don't know. I mean, I've seen this Ronaldinho fella and he, <laughs> he doesn't look like he needs a corner to a score more a goal. He's got a locker than just yeah. that. And he's gone, goals are won and lost on set pieces. <laughs> Therefore, you only need to look at the relative aerial power of each side. <laughs> and obviously, you're not going to... You're speaking to a man who's, you know, lived and breathed football. He's a football... He's a real football man, as yeah. they say. Not me. No. Just some... some an, chump. A, a, a chump who's seen some games and has yeah. got a few things to say. As he yeah, just wants to talk about his mate shitting out of a tree as soon as possible <laughs> and then get paid and go home. We'll move on to that shortly. Yeah, and I go... And he and so I'm trying to just keep it straight because he's annoyed that everyone's been going Barcelona are going to win Barcelona. Yeah, going, sexy look football. at the height and he listed all the players in the Chelsea side. He goes, they dwarf Barcelona. It'll be a walk in the park. They will win on set pieces alone. And I made the mistake of going, yeah, you could be right like that. It conciliatory sort of thing to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You you could be right. Oh, it was like I had like insulted his mother he fixed me right in the eye and he came right up close he goes I know I'm fucking right <laughs> and I went okay yeah you're right you are right <laughs> it was like that I needed yeah. to uh, there, was, there couldn't be a grey area yeah and Barcelona did win the game I could, I didn't call up Dave Bassett well, and you... go not such a big man now <laughs> are you Dave <laughs> you weren't fucking right shut. <laughs> did, did that affect your mood during the recording itself after you'd been bullied? Yeah, I was. I was, subdued, fucking, I was fucking scared to say anything. That's how people like him operate. Yeah. It's no wonder Van Hoydonk didn't want to go back. I don't know. The, he gets, it, it? the thing about Bassett is he gets inside your mind. Van Hoydonk wasn't even bothered about getting another club. He just didn't want to be anywhere near any kind of football scenario. <laughs> he just fancied a few months off. <laughs> this, this is it. Speaking of threats... Uh, Dwight York moved from Aston Villa to Manchester United. John Gregory uh, said, obviously the Villa manager at the time, John Gregory said, Dwight told me a couple of weeks ago that he wanted to play for Manchester United and that he didn't want to play for Aston Villa. If I'd had a gun at the time, I would have shot him. That's what John Gregory That's said. What John Gregory said. John Gregory's yeah. a mad bastard. He was. I uh, miss John Gregory. I've got Gregory. a good story about John Gregory as well. Let's have it. So my brother Cass is a, 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 a what almost I'd say a rabid QPR fan. Yeah. And when John Gregory was uh, in charge briefly of QPR, my brother, who sat in, who sits in nice posh seats at, at Loftus Road, he was p- pissed up. Mm-hmm. And John Gregory's on touchline and QPR were doing pretty badly. And he stood up and he's shouting down at John Gregory. It's quite a small, compact stadium, Loftus it is, Road. It is, I've been you once, know. yeah. And he's shouting, Gregory... You're an absolute disgrace, you shit, blah, 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 blah. John Gregory has heard this, because it was a quiet, bloody midweek game with terrible <laughs> atmosphere. So he can, he's turned round, spun round, and put the arms out to him like a come and have a go, mate. And he's going, <laughs> come down here and fucking say it, let's have it, like that. Anyway, my brother shat himself and sat back down. <laughs> he thought, I'm not fucking... This is going to end up on the TV news if I climb down there and have a fist fight with John Gregory. And he would have had to literally climb down together. Yeah, he'd have had to yeah. climb down. That would have been undignified. He would have then had to actually have a, a physical fight with John Gregory. John Gregory probably would have won. Would have I imagine him, he's quite he? handy. Yeah. Same thing happened to him after Chelsea QPR. Your brother or John Gregory? My brother, same right. brother. He's coming out of Chelsea QPR and it was the day of that game where 
later it transpired John Gregory had done a racism, not John Gregory, John Terry had done a racism against Anton Vernon. And it had been a very fiery game. There was a huge amount of animosity between QPR and Chelsea anyway. Like, you know, QPR despised Chelsea. And my brother was coming down because he sits in the hospitality prawn sandwich bit. And he's coming down some steps and the exit is the same exit. It's such a small ground that the players go out from. And he's and he's clocked John Terry, and again, my brother's drunk. And he's clocked John what Gregory, else is hospitality who's for? his most hated player, right? And he's blurted out, Terry, you wanker, right? <laughs> and John Terry, you would imagine a footballer to rise above it and carry on walking. Yeah, get it all John the time. Terry just spun around, and without any hesitation, I'm no fan of John Terry, but I've, this made him go right up in my expectations. My brother said there was no hesitation. As soon as he heard the words... You know they always carry those little vanity cases with yeah, them. Yeah, wash bugs. Without uh, before my brother, the words had even fully come out of my brother's mouth. He dropped his wash bag, spun round, put his arms out, and just went, "Come on, then!" <laughs> just ready to fight him. And my brother was stood on the steps, just a few steps up from John Terry, thinking, yeah. "Oh fuck, I'm gonna fucking fight John Terry now." And he he waited for the security to intervene, but they were really slow old men. So my brother had to half-heartedly come down and say, oh no, John Terry's, I'm completely pissed up. And John Terry's a professional athlete. Very strong, man. He's really strong. (laughs) He'll probably pick me up and spin me over his head. (laughs) And he said, very luckily, he said it was really lucky, security intervened and ejected me. Crap, he got I ejected. Re- I received a lifetime ban no, for he, which I am grateful. He, he had to ring up, and because QPR is such a nice family sort of club, yeah. he could actually ring up someone directly on the Monday, personally apologise. Yeah. There's an apology line, and they, they, they let him come back. Yeah, brilliant. I've, my my sort of respect for John Terry's gone up after that as well. Yeah, just no fucking about. Just like, come on, then I'll fight you. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you think I'm a wanker, I will fight you. This is it. Right, speaking of lunacy in Chelsea, uh, Rude Hullett was last seen in management in the shower at Stamford Bridge, wow. planning to play two at the back in the second half. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, Just before he got vividly, sacked, vividly. Steve Clark had to talk him down. Yeah, uh, and he, he went from Chelsea after that. Well, he he then got the job at Newcastle after Kenny Dalglish Amazing. was removed. Amazing. I mean, considering how, how acrimonious and chaotic his exit from Chelsea was, yeah, the, the, the Newcastle job at the time, massive job. It was, but they didn't see the madness side. What they saw was the sexy football stuff that Hullet had become famous for. Yeah. And that tied in with the whole ethos of the, the club. Kevin Keegan, the Keegan sort of thing. thing. So yeah. Hullet was in. Dalglish was out in his pragmatic, prosaic, yeah, defensive dour. football. Yeah. Uh, Hullet came in. Uh, first match, they lost 4-1 against Liverpool at St James's Park with the Michael Owen hat-trick. Of course, this was just after the World Cup. Michael Owen was on 7th heaven. Yeah. He was just in his pomp. Uh, so uh, that didn't start well for Rude Hullet, but he had sort of a mixed spell at Newcastle, which we'll we'll, we'll learn about over the, the course of the podcast. Uh, moving on, uh, Paolo De Canio at Sheffield Wednesday at the time, yeah, and of course he pushed over Paul Alcock, the yeah. referee, after being sent Famously, off yeah. during Sheffield Wednesday versus Arsenal. Yeah, and rightly so. He's like, fuck well, off, right, Alcock. Rightly so for pushing him over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking Paul Alcock, Alcock, you pompous twat. Fuck off. Alcock by name. 
Yeah, all cock, all by, cock the by the Over your fucking gold, mate. Terry's all cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the Kadiokos got an 11-match ban for that, which three were for the red card, eight were for the push, 11 matches altogether. But there's a glorious bit about it mm. when uh, he's, he's pushed him over. Uh, obviously, there's a few outraged Arsenal fans, co- uh, Arsenal players, players congregate yeah. around the Canio, and um, Winterburn shouts yeah. something at him, yeah. and the Canio turns as if he's going to fucking smack Winterburn, and Winterburn jumps back, flinches, he flinches and, and jumps, he jumps away. Back. It's yeah. fucking hilarious. Winterburn's giving it all that, isn't yeah. it? He's giving it like you're a disgrace. The whole thing is comical because he, yeah, he does push Allcock, but Allcock. Like he's the way he goes down, he goes down in five acts. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he's waving his arms about, he's all over the place, it's a disgrace. And then he goes off, and Winterburn's like an awful fucking grass at school running up like a prefect. Yeah, I can't believe you pushed over the referee. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a disgrace. There's gonna be so much trouble for that. Yeah, that's a disgrace to the game. As he's giving him all that, and the Kenya just turns around for one second and he absolutely. drops his load doesn't he it is beautiful and of course not long after that they both end up at West Ham together oh fucking hell yeah they did yeah that's right yeah and I think there was a winder I can't remember who turned up there first I think Decanio went there and then later Winterburn turned up and Winterburn obviously knew that that was something that they had to settle because yeah. it was a famous encounter yeah and I think Decanio wound him up for a couple of days about you know whether or not, because but Decanio was ruling the roost at West Ham. I bet he, was, he the was skipper. I bet he was. I've got fucking horrible memories of him at Sunderland. This is it. In October, uh, what do you think of when I say Phil Bab? Uh, I think of his um, performances in. He was at Coventry and then he went to the '94 World Cup in America and played really well. And World Cups can just transform people because he went from sort of like a middling half decent mm-hmm. not that well known Premier League defender to a massive money signing mm-hmm. at um, Liverpool and he became an integral part of the Spice Boys he era did. didn't he he did this is a couple of years after that because they wore the white suits in the 96 FA Cup yeah. final didn't they well, he was still there in 98 if there's one incident though you could associate mm. with Phil Babb what would that be I don't know I know, now anything particular now you've mentioned it I know there must be something special that I can't remember would it be that time when he tried to stop a goal from going in and slid along the pitch and <laughs> clanged his knackers off the post? <laughs> yeah. Did he sort of do the Vs? The Vs. His legs, the Vs. Yeah. He was just sliding. He couldn't stop himself, couldn't control himself. The, the legs were split. <laughs> uh, it was Kazaragi that scored for Chelsea at Anfield and Bab just slid oh, no. right into the post. I'm flinching now just thinking about it because it's just one of those things that's fucking horrible to see. You can't imagine the pain. No, he must have been no, in. no lad wants to go through that. Um, he, he simply or transgender. Just, he simply woman. just yeah, gender fluid. Hmm. We're gender fluid friendly on this. Podcast. Anyone with testicles, or without testicles. Yeah, it'd be painful either way, I suppose. Or, but worse with testicles. Yeah, but that's that's sexism, is it? Yeah, it's not. Listen, we understand that as males, we are privileged and we check our privilege daily. But the fact remains. Getting your knackers smashed against the bar is gonna fucking hurt. But if you identify as having testicles, and then the same oh. thing happens to you, even yeah. though you're, if you haven't physically got them, but you identify as having them, having them. The, the pain level's got to be the same, hasn't it? Because I think so. Yeah, I'm pleased we've played that. Yeah, I'm pleased we've got out of that. Um, yeah, I don't know what else there's to say, but he seemed to just get up and get on with it. 
with Fucking the football hell. match and like, with life itself. Like Iron Balls McGinty out of the jerk. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Where he kung fu fights all those fellas and then he kicks one of them in the knackers but it turns out to be Iron Balls McGinty. Yeah. That's Phil Babb. I mean, I can only assume that they, they were just forced right up into his body and they now nestle somewhere that in, can his, happen. in his lower Can't stomach. It? Your testicle can go up. Right up from whence they came. You know that when I was young, I had an undescended testicle. I didn't know that. Would you like to tell us more about that? Well, it's... I suspect you you will do. Let me tell you the story of one of the top three worst days of my life. Here's how it played out. It was coffin drop day at school. um, And I was about 12. And I was bricking it Mm -hmm. because I'd asked my older brothers, who were much older than me, I'd said, what happens at coffin drop? And they'd wound me right up about it. And one of the things they'd said was that they really squeeze your balls quite hard, Ooh. right? And that it's really painful, but yeah. you have to fucking man up yeah. and not, you know, and not show pain or cry because there's a long queue of other lads outside the room. Yeah. They also told me about a kid called Dorian at their school who became erect when he was having his examination <laughs> and they all heard the nurse shouting, control yourself, Dorian, control yourself. And they told me that they had on standby in every coffin drop, a bowl of ice with a metal dessert spoon in it. <laughs> that in case anyone had an erection, they could put the nurse could pull the cold spoon out and whack your erection with it to immediately diffuse is that, the is situation. That, is that how you diffuse an erection? A cold yeah, spoon? Yeah. Good tip to remember. So, Anyway, they'd filled my head with all this stuff, so I was exceedingly nervous. And sure enough, we were all queuing up outside the nurse's office and one by one going in for the coffin drop. And it got to my turn, and I'd worked my way up into a frenzy of anxiety. Yeah. And I went in, and I was I was already in a cold sweat. And they say, please drop your trousers. So I dropped trousers, pulled down my pants, and the nurse cups my testicles. Yeah. Starts to feel around. Within seconds... Bang! I passed out. <laughs> when I come to, it's just from the anxiety. I passed out immediately. When I come to, I'm in the sick bay. You know, like you have a little room where you go to when you're. Yeah. Out. There's one other person in it. I look around. I'm like, John Terry. I'm lying. Yeah. <laughs> Who is it? It's John fucking Terry. Now I'm lying around on the bed. You know the bed with the like paper on it. And I'm like, look around. What the fuck's happened here? And then I look to my side and Emma Ellis is sat there and she was the most glamorous and admired girl in the year. Right. We were only in the second year. Yeah. But what's she got to do with coffin drop? Well, she was there for some other reason. Oh, Who right. knows what her problem was? Right. You know what girls are like. Oh yeah. And so she was there in sick bay for some other reason. And she's just sat on the chair. But I don't know her. I've never really spoken to her because I've been too scared. But I didn't know her. So I've gone, all right. And she's gone, hello. You know, in an aloof way. And I thought, fuck me, what's happening here? Then the fucking nurse comes in. And I go, what happened? Because I don't remember anything. She goes, you've unfortunately passed out during your coffin drop. And wet yourself. She went, but don't worry, we've called your mummy and she's on her way here to pick you up. She said, mummy, uh, I'm 12 years old. She goes, I'm, I'm on the way, she's on the way here to pick you up. I've gone, oh, how, fuck me. How, how old was Emma Ellis? Was she in your same, year? Same, no, same age as me. And she is obviously trying to keep a straight face. I've looked down, I was wearing these sort of grey flannel trousers and there was a big dark patch and I had, sure enough, pissed myself. 
And I thought, oh no. So I pulled a blanket over myself, but she fucking knows what I've done. Yeah. I'm just looking for her on Facebook now. So then the uh <laughs> then my mum does my mummy does turn up. <laughs> she, she's been called out of work. She turns up. Emma Ellis leaves the room, I think, by this stage. The nurse comes in to debrief my mum. And they go, Right, you uh he passed out. And when he passed out, he was twitching on the floor. And uh, that's a bad sign. You're not yeah. supposed to be twitching. You're supposed to be still, perfectly still. So that suggests he may have some sort of neurological disorder, like epilepsy or similar. And I'm there, like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, get this, right? As if all of this fucking stuff isn't enough. They go, oh, and one other thing. Literally, as we're leaving, Columbo salt. One other thing. Like, <laughs> Before he passed out, the nurse did manage to establish that he only had one descended <laughs> testicle. And my mum's all right. So you're going to have to go and see the doctor about that as well. Oh, so God. I'm in the car being driven back home, right? Yeah. In my mum's Ford Escort with piss all over me. Yeah. Right? I've passed out in school. Everyone knows. Emma Ellis fucking witnessed the whole thing. Yep. I'm sodden in urine. And in my head, as I look out the window as we drive home, I'm thinking, I'm epileptic and I've got one <laughs> undescended <laughs> testicle. And I need to go to hospital for separate points to sort it all out. I had to eventually have a fucking operation to descend my testicle, which, let me tell you, is no fucking small thing. Because when it... I'm not talking about my testicle, right? I'm, the, the procedure... When you, it's under general anaesthetic, Fucking or it was hell. back then, uh, and when you come to, your balls yeah. look like you have been kicked 20 times <laughs> in the ball bag with a pair of steel toe cap boots. <laughs> they were every colour of the rainbow, and I couldn't fucking walk for, like, weeks. Do you think they would just, like, get, like, a vacuum cleaner nozzle and just stick it up well, between your legs? Nowadays. And it would just come out naturally, wouldn't nowadays, it? Nowadays, they probably would. But we're going back to 1987, I think. So what you're basically saying this story... It was is, a bad day. Yeah, but the underlying message is that Phil Babb is a pussy. I've been through worse than Phil Babb. Yeah. And look at me, I've come out the other side. Yeah. And I'm perfectly happy with the state of my testicles. Good. Glad to hear it. This is it! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This is it! October, and there's a further chapter in the Pierre van Hoydonk story. He slinks back to Nottingham Forest with his tail between his legs. Hmm. He's obviously been fined to fuckery by the club. Uh, nobody else wants to sign him. 
and he's just decided, oh, fuck this, I'll just pretend it didn't happen, and I'll just go back. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Carry on at Forest. Excellent work. Um, that's kind of the end of his story for now, but what I have learned is that in May 2008, Van Hooydonk was the victim of a fraud, and he lost two th- sorry, two million pounds oh, Jesus. to a scam which involved in him investing in a Chinese textile company which didn't actually exist. Some would call that karma. <laughs> Nottingham Forest fans out there, would you regard that as karma? No, I still feel bad for him, actually. What, because you have to play for Nottingham Forest? No, I feel bad for him getting ripped off or two million quid. You don't know. He might have been having, a lot of the, he might have been having mental health problems. And a I, lot of the what? We're going to see a lot of the Dutchmen. A lot of the Dutch be, lads. Marco Boogers. A lot of the Dutch lads <laughs> have mental health issues. Because of all the ganja. <laughs> and it could be that. I don't know. But you know Marco Boogers ran off to that caravan and just what, started crying. What appears at West Ham then off to a and, caravan. And they're always, yeah, they are, you know, there's a lot of issues surrounding Dutch lads. Maybe they're just sensitive because of the way they're raised. Very liberal country and they're more in touch with their emotions. But... Uh, I don't know what he was going through, but I've shared with you my experiences of dealing with Dave Bassett, <laughs> right? And so uh, there are two sides to every story. Okay, fair enough. Uh, November, Roy Evans leaves Liverpool by mutual consent. Mm, surprise, surprise. <laughs> oh, God, Roy. Oh, man. Poor Roy Evans. Poor fella. Uh, what else happened? Aston Villa this season under John Gregory were unbeaten in the league until late November. This was John Gregory at mm. his very his best, best, yeah. He, he took over. I can't remember who he took over from. I'm not was sure. Was it who, Brian Little or someone might have like been, that? Someone like that. And um, he basically just swaggered in and just went fucking do that, do that, do that. And I think by sheer force of personality, I he, can't remember he, where John Gregory had come from. He was just the assistant manager, I think. Oh right, okay. I think he was just the assistant, and he sort of got promoted. Um, but then subsequently, when it all went tits up, he didn't know how to sort it out, and then mm, he went on. To that's the real test, isn't Derby it? Derby for a while and QPR for a while. QPR, it was he went around. Shit I, mean, I thought he was a good manager when he was at Villa, but I was just fooled into. He was a good laugh. That. It was just one yeah. of the things, right place, right time, and he did really well. He was a good laugh, but then also he let himself down. While we're on the subject of mental health issues, it was when Stan Collymore first went public about <laughs> having yeah. depression, yeah. and God, talk about different era. Can you imagine now? Like Day- John Gregory, his own manager, yeah. gave it the what on the amount he's earning. <laughs> I can't imagine myself being depressed on that kind of dough. I'll be jumping out of bed first thing in the morning, <laughs> smiling my fucking head off, singing zippity fucking doodah, <laughs> not moping about fucking, like he is. Fucking walk it off, Stan. <laughs> you fucking miserable cunt. <laughs> that's dealing with mental health the John yeah, Gregory way different times different times yeah uh, Kazuragi at Chelsea had a career ending knee injury shortly after the yeah. Phil Bab incident where Kazuragi scored that goal a freak incident at West Ham I've looked at the footage mm. and to me it looks like it could be a testicular injury oh wow they said Karma. it was a knee injury he went under, he underwent lots of operations but I've never seen anything that suggests that it wasn't anything other than the bollocks, which kind of ties in with everything we've been talking it's the about. The theme of so the show, far, a twisted yeah. testicle. So, yeah, Villa were unbeaten in the league until late November. Also, at the end of November, second in the league. Do you know who that was? Ooh, so you're already giving me a hint that this is a surprise second in the very league. Very much so, yeah. Is it Ipswich? It's West Ham United, Sam. At what time? Your very own West Ham United, end of November. Second in the Premier League. That's amazing. I don't even remember that. I do think this... Yeah, so I can remember the season that it must have been. It must have been the one where 
Redknapp was in charge and we had John Hartson playing up front and scoring quite a lot of goals yeah, and Ayal Berkovic. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Well, Hartson, yeah. Hartson was there until January. Uh-huh. Um, so, end of November, you were second, but by the end of December, end of year table, West Ham were down to sixth. Sounds about but right. But still only five points behind Plummeting. Chelsea. Still only seven points behind leaders Aston Villa. So, you're there or thereabouts. Uh, and in January, John Hartson signed for Wimbledon, mm. and on his first day, he had his suit and his tracksuit set on fire by cool. yep. uh, his new teammates because Banter. that was the initiation banter thing. Banter. And Vinnie Jones also let his tyres down for good measure, so he couldn't even drive off and cry somewhere about it all. And there's that footage. Remember the the, the suit mm. partially of a blaze being yeah. chucked out of the dressing room window into a puddle. Fucking Wimbledon. Wimbledon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It Bastards. Worked it worked though. Um, no, well, John Hartson, that wasn't the season when John Hartson had been on fire. I remember the reason we sold him was he had, he'd gained quite a significant amount of weight. On, he had famously... On top of the yeah, amount of weight that he, he was already carried. carried anyway. And he kicked... Jo- I mean, listen, I actually loved John Hartson. I think he was brilliant. I loved him. He, he sort of remains a really popular figure at West Ham. But he did go through a bad few months. And he kicked Ayal Berkovic in the face in training, which wasn't ideal. And because they'd formed a lovely partnership with each other, and yeah. it, it, it can't bounce back from that. No. So we let him go, but with the money, we, we sold him for a huge sum for the time, for about seven and a half million, yeah. which at times huge sum. And we reinvested it in Mark Vivian Foe, no longer with us, yeah. unfortunately, and also a certain Paolo Di Canio. Well, Di Canio was then. brought in as the replacement for Hearts, and very different sort of a player. But took you to a next level, mm. it could be argued. Um, into January, good news for you, Sam. Dave Bassett got the sack at Nottingham Forest. I don't, for the record, I don't dislike Dave Bassett. Yeah. I mean, he's a nice bloke. Yeah, yeah. Do I? Am I scared of him? Yes. Yes. I'm pleased you're being honest because mm. he's listening to this, and he puts, oh, you, he puts you on his shit list. And yeah. at some point, your paths are going to cross in the media again. Uh, yeah. And you know, you've, you've, co- you've covered your ass quite well there. I think I have no opinion about Dave Bassett. I've got, I've got a grudging amount of respect for him. That's all I'm, I'm writing a screenplay that Ooh. is like Kill Bill, but it's about Dave Bassett is the Bill character. <laughs> Kill Dave. Kill Dave. And he's the leader of a hit squad that yeah. involves me, Ray Stubbs, <laughs> Brian Little, Matt Holland, and a few other people. Right. And uh, in it, I get buried alive at one point uh, in a coffin and then fight my way out and eventually kill Dave Bassett using the very Kung Fu technique that his mentor taught him. His wow. mentor being um, Bobby Gould. No, um, Sam Haman. <laughs> and Look forward to that. Well, you touch someone seven times very quickly on the chest, then pull their heart out. So what happens? Yeah. Okay. So that's Bassett gone. Uh, of course, who would you get in as a firefighter? It's Big Ron Atkinson. Uh Tasked with the the mission of saving Nottingham Forest, they were quite near the bottom of the league at that point, and with a very unhappy Van Hoydonk in the ranks, uh, Big Ron got in the wrong dugout in his first match. Do you remember that? It was against Arsenal. Yes, he I do remember out, that. Yeah, soaked up all the applause from the Nottingham yeah, Forest then fans. Sat in the wrong place. and then he went and sat in the Arsenal dugout. The Wally. Uh, so that didn't board well for attention to detail, which mm. is kind of what you need at that level. This is it. On into February, uh, Glenn Hoddle left the England job by mutual consent again, which obviously means he's been sacked because of the comments he made about disabled people. Yeah. I don't think we need to dwell on that, do we? Best not to get Best into it. Do. Feels more like a World Cup time machine thing yeah. as well. 
Um, Robbie Fowler, he got his 100th goal for Liverpool, which had come in the space of about four seasons, I think. Mm. Uh, and uh, a couple of weeks later, Liverpool were away at Chelsea when Robbie Fowler bent over in the direction of Graham Lasso, mm. bearing his arse at him yeah. as if to say, you are a gay man. <laughs> Different times. You, you Graham Lasso, are a gay man. And because you're a gay man, you want my bum. Yeah. That's why I'm you, displaying a, it to you. You want all the bums. You want Here's all bums. My, my, my weirdly oversized bum. Yeah. I, Robbie Fowler, I'm showing it to you. Because that's <clears> what you like. That's that's what you lot like. Uh, <laughs> later in the match, Graham Lasso retaliated with a forearm smash into the back of Fowler's head. Yeah. Wow. And got himself sent off for that. Um, I should mention as well, after Glenn Hoddle lost the England job, mm. Kevin Keegan came in, right. ill-fated Kevin Keegan period. It was only part-time for four matches at the, at the beginning. But at the time, Keegan was managing Fulham yeah. in what is now League One. Yeah, it's amazing, He hadn't even it? got them out of League they, One. It was wow. his second season, but England went, fucking Keegan's the one for us. Yeah. He's walked away from Newcastle in a fit of fucking madness. Yeah. He's gone to Fulham in League One yeah. where Mohamed Al-Fayed is bankrolling everything he's the man we want to coach our top players insane isn't it and take us to the next World Cup so uh, yeah Keegan took the England that job that was weird and it didn't really work out but it was fun it was and then Joe Kinnear at Wimbledon shortly after signing John Hartson had a heart attack oh no <clears throat> which is something he's done quite a few times during his career really he had one who was at Newcastle as well did he I don't know whether he just does it really just activates a heart attack? Whenever... Excuse the pun, but it's heartening indeed to know that there is a man who has had a few heart attacks but just keeps on Get, going. Gets on because you sort of think of heart attacks as being like that's it, you're out. But nowadays, yeah. most people survive them. I think what happened was he had one and he rang John Gregory, and John <laughs> Gregory went, "I just fucking walk it off, Joe. How much they paid you over there?" Fuck me. I wouldn't mind having a fucking heart attack with fucking, that amount in my fucking pocket. Fucking three weeks off, sitting <laughs> watching fucking daytime TV. I'll fucking have some of that, Joe. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Joe Kinnear had a heart attack, and I don't even know who took over. I don't know if anybody took over from him. A Wimbledon. It might have been Terry Burton. I get the feeling Terry Burton was... I like the sound in. of that, yeah. Yeah, unless they just... You know when the teacher has to go and take a phone call and there's no one in charge? Mm. Maybe the Wimbledon players just ran it amongst themselves for a few weeks. In a situation like that at your school, would the hardest kid in the room take over until a teacher had come? Or would it be the brainiest kid? It would be. It would just be a collective chaos. Right. People would start standing on the desks, having a look in the teacher's drawer, see what he's got in there. You know that episode of The Simpsons where Ned Flanders has been put in charge? And the classroom's gone so mad. And Martin Prince, who's the little swatty one, is hanging from the ceiling in a cage and has got a bowl of water to drink (laughs) from. (laughs) This is it. Let's look at April. Um, Ryan Giggs scored that goal in the FA Cup semi-final against Arsenal. I've I've got amazing memories of watching that. Contractually, we're not able to talk about that because it's not the Premier League. Wow. Um, Sticking with the Premier League, though, Robbie Fowler again. He scored a penalty against Everton and his goal celebration was to sniff the line that was in the, the penalty same box. Season. Same what? Season. I, said, I hope he got player of the year. Within the space of a few weeks, he sniffed the penalty box line. Because the rumours were he loved Coke. Yeah. And so he thought, I'll show them. Yeah. I'll show those fucking gossip mongers. 
I'll pretend to snort this, which would represent a colossal... Even for a rich, famous man like him, that would be a very extravagant line of cocaine, wouldn't it? It would have been. And this was, of course, 98, 99, so Oasis will have been bringing out Be Here Now, I reckon, then. Mm, oh, yeah, the, so it was a real cocaine era. Everything was cocaine wasn't it, then? Yeah. So if you actually did get some real cocaine out and sniffed it on the pitch, nobody would have batted an eyelid, I don't think. No, it's fine. There was an amnesty on the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. So that was that. You've got to remember, these were the Blair years. Yeah, of course. It was the Blair boom years. Blair was like, now look, you know, I want everyone to just go out. Have a bloody good time. If you want to have a good time, um, this is Britain. (laughs) We are a forward-thinking country. If you want to get on the GAC, whether that be up at your local bistro or in your local football club, just get on and do it. Do it. If it makes you feel good, then do it. And if you have a heart attack... Just take three weeks off and then get back on it again. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're almost at the end of two thousand. What? Ah, we're, <clears throat> uh, we're almost at the end of nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine. Um, as we know, Manchester United won the league. It was a bit of a seesaw battle. Arsenal almost retained the league title, um, and there was a, a night when uh, they looked like they'd blown it. They lost one of the leads, but then the night after that, Manchester United went to Blackburn and drew nil-nil, but that was a result that relegated Blackburn, who, of course, were headed by Brian Kidd, who'd fallen out oh, with Alex Ferguson. Yeah. And Ferguson gave him a very cursory kind of handshake as, as he went off at the end. Didn't look at him. Bloody just offered yeah. a hand to a man who'd just been relegated. That's Fergie for you. You crossed Fergie and you're fucked. That's basically mm. it. Um, and on the last day, Arsenal needed to win and have Man United slip up to win the title but United beat Spurs 2-1 won it by a point there was footage on Sky of a, an Arsenal fan crying oh, that's a nice. grown man yeah because his team hadn't retained the league title that it's they'd pathetic, won the season before so I hope he was tracked down and flogged well I just think that if you if your kids see that if you're exactly. a grown if you've got kids yeah. and they see you crying over the result of a football team mm-hmm. You just look like a twat, don't you? Probably, I mean, it's hard for them to respect you. Probably done a lot of subsequent crying because he's not any relationship with these kids anymore. Yeah, it's forbidden from seeing them. them. Mm. So it was Man United 79 points, Arsenal 78 points, Chelsea 75 points. West Ham finished fifth. Yeah, that's it. That was our best season yeah. of the 90s On- and remains the la- the highest, not the highest ever, the highest we've ever finished is third, but... That was our last fifth place finish. We haven't yep. finished fifth or higher since. 57 points. That that pisses me off because Sunderland finished seventh two years running with just 56 points. So the annoying thing was, was we got really annoyed because any other year, fifth would have been enough to have got into the uh, Europa League or UEFA Cup as it still would have been right. in time, which we were really, you know, would have been tremendously excited about because UEFA Cup was all right. It's not like the Europa League, which no one wants you to be get in. in it by finishing and that year they right. changed the rules and they gave that final place to um, the League Cup winners who happened to be our arch rivals, Tottenham Hotspur. Ah, and we were absolutely fucking livid. But again, we don't have the rights to speak about the League Cup. We're contractually forbidden. So yeah, um, fuck the League Cup. I'll just edit that bit out later on. At the bottom end, Charlton, Blackburn and Nottingham Forest were relegated. Um, Manchester United did the treble. Can't talk about it. Um, goodbye to Christian Gross, mm. who was sacked by Spurs yeah. after, I think, just about 10 months. Yeah, it was a daft idea, he turned up it? with that underground ticket. With his he? underground this ticket. This is the ticket to the dreams. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Like so that was that. That was pretty much 98, 99. Quickly do the sponsor quiz with you. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, one to one. 
Is that a mobile phone that is? Pass. Everton. Carlsberg. Liverpool. Yep. Autoglass. Chelsea. Yes. LDV Vans. LDV Vans. Oh, I can picture it. Oh, fucking hell. Villa. Yes. Hey, come on. Get in there. And finally, Sanderson. Sheffield Wednesday. And... They sponsored two, sponsored teams. two teams this season. Not Sheffield United. No, they weren't in the Premier League then. Coventry. Oh, it was Southampton. Fucking hell, they were Never getting mind. a bit flash, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, throwing the money around, I yeah. think they're fucked now. I don't even know what they do. Well, they make cutlery, don't they? Oh, of course they do, yeah. In Sheffield. Mm. Um, they, do they do the, the forks or the knives? I can't remember. They do the forks, do and, the then, forks. and then the Sheffield United sponsor does the knives. But of course, nowadays... We're, you know, it's 2018 everyone's using sporks yeah and Sanderson are fucked yeah or chopsticks yeah so that's it that's the end of this one we'll do another one soon thanks everyone thank you bye bye here we go 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 this is it even on a budget Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.